just going to pray because I am sensing some distraction in here. There's a lot going on. Um, so, Father God, we just lift up to you right now, collectively, all the distractions. Sounds, lights, smells, people, memories, things we came in with, baggage, stuff that was waiting for us. Um, Lord, uh, things that are waiting for us when we leave. Father God, we just want to just consecrate this time to you right now. This is our time with you, set aside, set apart. And so, Father God, we take all our intentions and all of our attention and all of who we are, and we just put it focused on you right now. Lord God, we just thank you that you bring us to a place of deliverance. You bring us to a place of hope. You bring us to a place of revelation. Because you're here, you're bringing us, and you're meeting us, and you're showing us, and you're guiding us. And so we just receive all the good that you have for us this morning. And we just bind up anything the enemy is trying to stir to distract from what you have for this, us this morning. And we just say, no, you can leave now and go. And we just put our trust in you right now, Lord God. Lord, let our spiritual eyes see what maybe we haven't been seeing. Lord, give us a new word today, a rhema word, something that just really just speaks to our spirit today. Lord God, that encourages us and strengthens us and also spurs us on in our gifting. Lord, we love you. Amen. Amen. Should we tilt this a little more? Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought we had this. How do I tilt that? Sorry. I can't see because I'm there we, not, go. There we go. Now the lights are on. Okay. Well, I'm Candy and this is Steve. He's my better half. There we go. <laughs> As you can see, um, Pastor said, do you want to share a mic? I said, yes. She said, no. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. <laughs> we love to teach together. Um, we, we, we start and the other finishes, and we, we kind of finish each other's sentences a lot of times. It's pretty cool. And yeah. um, so uh, we're excited to be here with you today. And we, when we were preparing, we just really felt like, what's the most important thing? The walk away. My husband kind of likes to know the, the tagline, the end line, like where are we going with all this? And um, I like the mystery of where are we going with this? But he, it's a walk of trust and obedience. We gave you a, a title today to know this is kind of what the underpinning of this message is about, and it's our story. And um, I think the, the reason we're already cutting each other off, yeah, well, um, uh, you know, you hear people's testimonies, and testimonies of healing, testimonies of uh, prophetic words and how they affected your life. And, you know, there's a lot of people like, I want that. And I think sometimes the best way to impart that on others is to share a story of how it worked for, you know, the testimony. Because then you can grab that and you can make that your own. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that our story is that special, um, but this is what God put on our hearts today. For, for the word today is just an example um, of walking that walk and making, and then I'm hoping that you guys will make it your own because I can tell you at the end, like Candy said, I, I like the end, but now when we make a decision, even if the whole world is falling apart from around us, we know that we are protected because we are in the center of his will and we are exactly where he wants us. There was a time when you could say we, we forgot to check in with him Monday through Friday sometimes, and then we'd come in on the weekends and catch up. And you'd be like, oh, I am way off path. So now when he says jump, we try to jump, even on the smallest decisions. And so that's kind of where we're going. It's it kind of how we got there, how we built that muscle because it was not easy, but once we saw him walking with us and how that flowed. It got easier and easier. And we still, I mean, we still stumble. We still, still, uh, yeah, we, we should pray about this because our human nature takes over. But I'm going to pass it back. That wasn't planned. That's okay. Good. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep us on time here. So we would like to highlight that throughout our story, you're going to hear about specific assignments. And uh, these are things that God gave us. And some were ones we were more willing oh, yeah, I can do that, God. Others were really hard to say yes to. And, um, and some we felt prepared for, and others we did not feel prepared for at all. 
Um, but our Abba Father has been gracious and patient with us. Uh, prayer and prophecy were instrumental in guiding us personally and as a couple and in our ministry. And uh, the Lord has had us intersect with um, many people along the journey who had specific words for us that the Holy Spirit would highlight. So you can hear stuff from people all day long, and you go about your day and maybe you don't even remember the word. And I want to encourage you, when you get a word from someone, get your phone out and record it. Because it's real easy when we're just receiving. We, we miss some of the important things that were imparted in that moment. Um, and so some of these things were really key, like super, like that's a moment and a marker in our life where we saw the Lord do something. It would be the place we would pile a bunch of stones and we would have a memorial to remember this is a moment we heard from the Lord. And, um, and then uh, with those people, you know, the, those were lamps into our feet. That was the way the Lord was interjecting because he loves to use us to interact with each other, to bless one another, to see oh, wow, you just brought something really special and it blessed my spirit, and I want to give back something that blesses your spirit. So he's all about working in and through us to deliver these important messages. And, um, and I just want to tell you that uh, those words of knowledge and prophecies also encourage us to continue when it was really hard and we didn't want to keep going. So that's also why God says write it on a rock, because in the really hard times, it's easy to remember the, uh, to forget the promises and not, and not have them come to mind in the battle. And uh, there were many times in this battle that we got weary. As you'll see, we've been through a couple really difficult situations. Um, we would also like to just ask today, just make you aware, taking a few notes, um, not just notes on what did we say and how do we say it and but this is different. I want you to write what comes to mind as we give this message. If there's a name that comes to mind out of nowhere, Jim Bob, somebody that you knew when you were 16, I don't know. Like it could be anything, any, anybody, any, any kind of picture, word, place, situation, symbol, whether you take notes on your phone or you're going to take it on the piece of paper. I want you to write down the unusual, the things that pop up or the thing that keeps just coming to mind, coming to mind. Because oftentimes we dismiss these things as a distraction, and the Lord is actually trying to give you a message, and he's trying to show you, I'm telling you something in a new way. I'm teaching you to hear me in a different way. I want you to recognize the signs, the symbols, the feeling you have. You know, sometimes if I have, like, a, a pain in my body that just came out of nowhere, I walked in here feeling great, but all of a sudden I got a pain in my knee, I know that's not my pain. I'm supposed to pray for someone with pain in their knee today. So we become very aware what is God doing in us, in our bodies, in this situation. Even as we intake a message, as we're listening to people share the gospel, share a message, what's in there for me, Lord? What is it that I can take away from this? And don't dismiss the things that come that could be significant. Take time to ponder them. You may not get a revelation for it today. But that's what this is about. This is supposed to be meat to chew on all week, right? It's, it's just not a daily manna and then you digest it and you're done with it. This is different. This is supposed to be something that you ponder throughout the week and you take it with the Lord into your devotions each day. And, um, and we're just going to ask him at the end. We're going to take some time to pray. What were the revelations? And then we have an activation at the very end of our message that we're excited. So... Ask if we Lord. can keep it on time. Yeah, yeah. If we can keep it on time. Um, we'll be asking the Lord if there's somebody he highlights that wants to participate. Yep. All right, go ahead. Ann. Okay, and I apologize if I offend people taking off my slippers or uh, flip-flops, but it's the Hawaiian in me. I love that part of the culture is no shoes. Nobody wears uh, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, you're walking on holy ground, right? So, and I might just stand up too and not just swing the whole time because yeah. I have a habit of uh, nervous swinging on Don't movable chairs. get him in chairs. a bouncy chair while he's preaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I grew up, my, my family, I'm not going to take you all the way back to the beginning, um, but we were talking about testimony and I was blessed to have a heritage of a testimony of walking with God. Uh, I saw my father at the age of, the, in his mid-30s, leave a very successful business career to go to Spurgeon's College in London and to um, then go on to preach uh, throughout the world. And I saw both his brothers do the same thing, both very successful businessmen in the mid-30s, 
leave their jobs, and both are still pastoring. And then my aunt, um, so this is all from one side of the McVicker side of the family. My aunt um, was in the ministry from day one. From uh, She started in a band, if you guys remember, from the 80s, Sheila Walsh. Um, was one of the singers and her, and then she they... She was on the 700 Club, if you remember that. Yeah, and now still. And so they grew up in the same town in Ayrshire, Scotland, and then my aunt started their own band. Sheila went her own way, and then she has been in the ministry um, ongoing even today. And, you know, there's... It's, you know, so I, I saw this walked out, and I think when you see it walked out, there's confidence um, and there's protection in some ways. I, I really believe that some of the mistakes I made, I was protected from my because of what my father did. And that's my wish for my kids, is that I can walk the journey and then the blessings will be passed on to them through their trials and tribulations, because I was, I was covered in that. And so I still remember in 1984, uh, sitting down in Pool, England, and um, sitting around a little dining room table, and my, my dad saying, we're moving to America. And you know, as kids, we were very excited and it was the beginning of a, an amazing journey. Of course, I met my wife. You know, we, we settled in here. And, you know, we were moving to this place called Minnesota, which we'd been to once before. And that's a whole different story. Um, but, you know, the verse that my dad shared was Genesis 12, 1 through, through 3. Because we, our family, you know, is, is in England and in Scotland. And so we were leaving them all. And this is the verse that God gave my dad. And that was, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and will make you a great nation, and will bless you, and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And what a powerful verse to be handed to you, to grab onto and to hold in those times, because he is there to protect you. And this is the first of many times that God would use this verse in my life. You know, this was, you know, I was nine years old. And um, this was the first time I really heard and felt this verse. But he would bring it back up in multiple times um, throughout. And you'll hear a couple of those times today. And so as Candy said, you know, are you hearing from God? And I think we all struggle. Is this a word from God or is this something I ate last night? Is this truly his thing? But the thing that, you know, we, we have learned to do is to walk towards that word and ask him to tell us to stop. We, we don't want him to force us anywhere. We want to be moving, and I'd rather him get in the way and say, move, and go this way. Then it's, you know, it's so, you know, if you think about a ship, and I'm sure you've heard this example, if it's stationary, it's really hard to manipulate where it's going to go. But you get that boat moving and it just glides the way. And that's the way I, God, I, I want God to move our family, is just that little nudge. Okay, you're a little off track, that's it. but at least you're moving forward. Thank you for moving forward. And so I, I challenge you guys that if, if God has given you a word, just move. Keep moving forward towards that word and have him direct you from that movement. It will go a whole lot easier than if he's pushing you from behind. Something else too is, you know, sometimes we're hearing a lot and sometimes we're not. And so I also want to just acknowledge the times of silence. And I think we've all had them. We've really longed to hear a word. We really long for direction or just, God, show me. I'll do what you tell me. Just show me. And the waiting and the silence are some of the hardest places to be, mm. the now and the not yet. And so, um, you know, we can give pause for that. We can say, okay, God, this hurts. This is hard. But sometimes in the silence, there's a beckoning to call us deeper. There's a beckoning to call us into something we wouldn't have otherwise done or tried. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that means reaching out to people we kind of maybe have forgotten about or haven't had at the forefront, and God's going to bring a word through them. And he's allowing that silence for a reason because of connection that needs to happen or, again, that it's going to drive us deeper in our faith and take us to a better place with him. But we have had those moments of silence too many times. Yeah. So, um, as you, most of you guys know, we you know, moved to Myrtle Beach from the Hawaiian Islands, an island of Kauai. My first introduction to the island to the islands was 1980, when my dad uh, just graduated from Spurgeon's College, and we had the summer off, 
and we um, took the summer to, to go to the Hawaiian Islands from Great Britain until his job in Pool England opened up. And I absolutely loved it when I moved there, uh, when we visited there, and we continued to go back. My dad got sucked into one of those timeshare deals. So, <laughs> which, you know, um, it was a blessing in a lot of ways because it forced us to go back. And so we continued to go back as a family. And then when Candy and I got married in 1999, now I'm aging us, um, we, my dad gifted us a trip to um, Hawaii and to an island we'd never been to before, and that was Kauai. So the smallest island, uh, smallest of the four, there is one smaller and multiple real small islands. But you know, when you talk about the major islands, Kauai is the one that's not inhabited as much. It's about 70,000 people, uh, 1.2 million visitors a year. So you got an addition of 100,000 people a, uh, a month added to that island. But very small, only inhabited at about 10% of the island. The rest is left to the wild. If you've seen Jurassic Park or Raiders of the Lost Ark or Fantasy Island, that's, you know, that's the island those are filmed on. So lots, lots of nature. But we fell in love with it that first time. And we just thought it was a great place to visit. But then a number of years later, we were sitting in uh, the northern part of the island, a place called Princeville. Um, in a, one of the timeshares there called The Cliffs. And Candy looked at me and she said, I think we're supposed to move here. And there was just something that changed. And, you know, at that point, we didn't know why. We just thought, you know, God put an impression on our heart. And it really leads me to the, the verse, uh, Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And there was something special that God was doing with us in Hawaii and all of a sudden, he, put, he imparted a desire more than just, I want to visit here, but I'm supposed to live here. And so we started to open ourselves to that. And that was many years ago. But we started to, to look at the island a little different. And he, he allowed us to see the island differently, where they were family. And it wasn't just, um, I'm here to vacation. We would go to the parts of the island that what that wasn't the vacation spots. We'd start to get involved in the churches there, just, just to really start to make it home. So what happened is I was in the midst of devotions and praying, and I just kept getting this impression we're supposed to move here. And to understand that this wasn't like a, oh, it'd be really fun to live in Hawaii. It was like there's an assignment here, and we're called to it. And then came the panic of, wait a minute, we have a really good job and an awesome church and great schools for our kids, and we have a huge foundation, um, an organization I'll explain in a second, and we have a headquarters, an office that's massive, and we have a life that's really well built somewhere, and I don't really want to leave that life. So it wasn't like, a, oh, yay, God's calling us to Hawaii. That's awesome. No, it was like, oh, no, he's calling us to Hawaii. I want to visit, but I don't want to move here. I have, like, a whole life back where we are, and it's very well established. So as we got the call, and we were both confirmed in this, you know, our minds got to problem solving. Well, how could we do that? How could we make it work? But this had to be a supernatural um, transformation in us to prepare us for such a call. And so I felt led to do a 40-day no-food fast. And I had never done where I just didn't eat any food for 40 days. But God just showed up big time. And I went on a four-day retreat. I spent one day on the floor prostate and journaling and another day dancing and worship, another day just walking through the forest, singing out loud. And I just, I just poured out my heart and just sat and received and listened and waited on the Lord to know Lord, if this is your will that we should do this, I need many signs, and I need many confirmations, and I need you to really show us. And um, it looked really scary and impossible to figure out how to wrap up one life and launch and start in a whole new area where we knew no one, had no friends, no family, no established you know, relationships. It was always just a place to visit and... Um, and so that was really hard. And in the midst of my prayer, I got the name Doug. Now, usually God gives me a little more to go on. But for a week, I sat on this word Doug. I had in my journal, circled it. And I was going through my phone book and going through everything, trying to figure out Doug, 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 Doug. Who, Doug? And um, 
I, I got online and I typed in the word Doug and then God gave me the next word, Stanton. And I typed it in and here when I was in my 20s, I had been to tent meetings that he had done. He was a man, a, a preacher from Australia. And he had come to Minnesota where we were living and he had these you know, multiple week long tent meetings and I was so radically blessed under his ministry. It was the first like really incredible encounter with anything that had inclusion of the gifts and tongues and, and seeing a display of you know signs and wonders and miracles. And I just sat there just in awe and I loved his ministry and I thought, oh my gosh, during my 40 day fast, I have to go to Australia. How am I gonna afford that? What am I gonna do? <laughs> well, unbeknownst to me, he had moved to Minnesota and opened up a center and I was like, Oh my gracious. And I called my husband at work. I said, Doug is having a meeting tonight. We've got to go. I know it's a now word. Like we are supposed to be there. And he goes, all right, pack up the kids. Let's go. So this is during my fast. And we, we walk in there and all of these things came together. All these things from the story of the call and what we were supposed to do began to gel in this very place. And I'll let Steve share the first confirmation. Yeah, and so to, to back it up a couple steps is when, you know, being a man and when we received the call, I started doing the, the thing of, okay, I need to find a job there. I need to, um, we need to afford to live there. Uh, the average rent there, um, and you'll, you know, part of our story, you know, is you're looking at, you know, a thousand square foot apartment for $3,500 a month. You're looking at the average in the mean house when we first moved there was about 500000 to buy. And that was, again, 1,000 square foot a in a shack. Literally. Um, now it's all close to a million. And so that's how much you know, things have changed in the last five years there. So I was like, oh, my goodness, how are we going to do that? So I started looking for jobs. And, um, yeah, so average salary, $30,000 a year. You know, you put two and two together. It's like, well, I'm going to have to work 24 hours a day just to pay the mortgage or to pay the rent. And so we're like, oh my goodness. And I was like, well maybe, you know, I knew my job at that point wouldn't let me uh, take, go with it, because I worked out of a corporate office. They don't let, it, let anybody, um, and again, this is me thinking, they don't let anybody work outside of the corporate office. You stay in Minnesota and you fly wherever you need to go. You're talking about, um, Doug, what he shared with you. Yep, I know, okay, I'm just, right. yeah, I'm getting there. So I walk in there, you know, can we take her mic away? Yeah, I know. I, we, we walk in there. And again, the reason I say that is I'm looking at what job I'm going to do. And I walk in and I meet Doug. He turns around and he starts speaking into me. And I've never met this man. He, and, no, and he just looked at me and he started speaking. And he ended up saying, you're supposed to be in the ministry. And you're supposed to pastor. And well, just a yep. little important thing. So before we got married, the Lord told me your husband will be pastoring and you'll be in ministry together. And he said, and don't tell him, not until I tell him. So my husband comes to me, you know, before when we were courting and he said, now my dad's in ministry, my family's in ministry. It's not my gig, not my deal. Just so you know, I won't be doing that. I'll do marketplace ministry, but I don't feel called to the ministry. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, And so I knew something different, but I couldn't tell him. I had to be obedient. So every time he like said no, I was like, but you're supposed to. But anyway, and so um, it was pretty funny because... Um, yeah, so when he said... He said that, I yeah. was like... Hmm. So he said ministry, if I remember right. And then we went up for prayer, and we got slayed in the spirit, and it just was like, I'm supposed to pastor. So the, the more direct came as a, a voice. And I didn't tell Candy that right away. I wasn't, it wasn't until we were driving home and I said, this is what God shared with me. And that's when she gave me the confirmation of, yeah, I know. And I'm like, well, thank you for sharing that with me now. But I think it was very cool because then I had confirmation from one of my friends. About a week later, we started going to a new church. He came, he later became a really good friend. And he said, um, he came and said, I was supposed to say this to you last week, and I chickened out because I didn't know who you were, but you're supposed to be in the ministry. And so, you know, two confirmations within a week time of something. I was like, okay, now I need to walk the walk of a pastor going into the ministry, not worry about the job, and let God take care of the finances. And that's the first change of mindset right there. And, um, you know, God just built me up, and it reminded me a little bit of Judges 6, 11 through 13, 
when the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, while the son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And just the power of what God sees in you and not what you see in yourself. I did not see myself as a pastor. I did not see myself in the ministry. I saw myself in sales. Um, I love to sell. And I, I like, you know, I like that. Wow, we're skipping forward a lot, aren't we? <laughs> um, and so, you know, to take that and then to run with it. And that's what Candy and I did over the next few years. But it changed where our, the word came through God to pastor. Then we're like, okay, we need to take this to God and really confirm this word. So we took some time and uh, got my, my, my kids at that time were really young. And so my sister watched them. They lived in Minneapolis too. And uh, we went to spend um, a night at a hotel so we could just really soak in his presence and uh, really dig into what he wanted. And it was a great night, um, but we didn't get an answer. <laughs> Very intentional time. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord and nothing. And we were like, okay, well, this was our allotted time, God. <laughs> you were supposed to give us an answer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, we're, yeah. we're <laughs> he goes in his own timing. And um, so after we, we got um, done there, uh, we said, okay, we got an hour and a half till we got to pick up the kids. And then we have so long of it as a drive. And so while we don't have children in tow, let's quickly stop at Home Depot and grab a few things that we need for a project at home. And um, we both ran in. He went one direction. I went the other. I said, I'll meet you in this particular aisle. And so we uh, texted. And we went down the aisle. And I'm on a mission to get out of there in a couple minutes. we got to pick up the kids because our sister-in-law is watching them. And, and then um, this man in overalls, which is unusual. You don't see too many people in overalls anymore. And he's a short guy with curly brown hair, and he's, he's got his Home Depot smock on and his button, and he's walking in a slow, meandering kind of way. Now, this is Minnesota. It's not the South. And he's, he, he, he seems like he wants to talk for a while kind of thing. And um, I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't get stuck in a conversation. I'm going to get myself in trouble with my sister-in-law. And so I'm like, huh, just trying to quickly make very light very short chat, and Steve feels bad because he doesn't want to be rude to the guy. Well, what can I help you guys with? And he's got his hands on his overalls like this. And I said, oh, we're good. I think we're good. Thank you so much. And, um, he, and Steve's like, oh, I feel bad, you know. And he goes, no, no, what's, what, what is it? What, what do you need? What are you here for? And Steve's like, well, we're doing this backyard project, and we need to put these poles and do this thing. And he starts laughing. <laughs> and he's really laughing to the point you're like looking at him like I didn't think it was that funny like what's so funny and he is laughing laughing and then he looks at us and our eyes were so focused on him we see his eyes he's got these bright blue beaming eyes and I just remember staring at his eyes going oh my gosh and he said why bother there's no need Hawaii is not far away and we both we both looked at each other and went what I mean, we just got done praying 40 minutes before on our knees, before leaving the hotel, like, Lord, we really need direction. Beat us over the head. If you have got a call for us for Hawaii, we need confirmation upon confirmation. You need to tell us it's Hawaii. We don't want to uproot our life and, and, and be doing something foolish. This is a lot of things at stake here. Lord, tell us, is it Hawaii? Hawaii is not far away, he says. And we went, what? And he repeated it again. So what do you do when somebody gives you a word of knowledge in Home Depot? <laughs> you run. <laughs> That's what we did. We literally, we ran for some weird, freaky reason. I, we took the cart and ran down the aisle, like, to get away from him. Like, he scared us. Like, we were we like, did say thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, um, and, then, and then it dawned on us, how did he know that? And I want to know more. And he didn't exist. We went to all the aisles, ran up and down the whole store, tried to find him. Once our brains came back, because we were like, was he an angel or just a man with a word of knowledge? Or like, what? And so I went to the manager at the front, at the um, uh, customer service desk, and I said, do you mind tracking down one of your employees? He's a short guy, shorter than me, brown hair, curly, blue eyes. He's wearing overalls. 
The manager just looked at me and he goes, ma'am, I opened the store and hired everybody. I've never hired anyone who fits that description. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh my gosh. It was, I get in the car, I was like, it was an angel. It was an angel, oh my word. So that was a good confirmation, but then after that it got to be silly. Like I would pull up and the, the banner in the window would say, Kauai is your destination. Like a travel you know, thing and, and I'd sit down at the restaurant, oh, uh, the waiter would say, I'm, I just got back from Hawaii, love that place, can't wait to go back, you know, and just everybody would tell me Hawaii, Hawaii something, I'm like, let me guess, it's gonna be Hawaii. So anyway, plenty of confirmations came. Yeah, and um, you know, this is what the revisitation of the, the verse, uh, Genesis 12, one through three, um, you know, when the Lord came to Abram and said, I'm gonna take you away from your family, and that really started coming from different people, um, just imparted on our heart again. And it reminded me of my dad, the verse to my dad, and again, another confirmation, uh, just that repetitiveness. You know, in the Bible, you see a lot of repetitiveness. From the book of Genesis, it just is recreated over and over and over again. It's the way he likes to communicate because there's power behind that. And so, you know, again, another confirmation. If you see it and you see it and you see it, um, you might as well just go with it because, um, just, yeah, go with the flow. Um, but so we were confident we're leaving. You know, it's time to go. Um, four years later, it's still time to go. And so how do you do that? You know, we put the house on the market. It didn't sell. Um, we found a church came to us and says, we, we want to plant in Hawaiian Islands, and we think you're the right ones. That fell through. You know, different family issues. And then, of course, we have our ministry already in um, Minnesota. We didn't feel like it was supposed to shut down, but nobody would step up to take it. And, you know, through that, we had a number of people, as we were getting frustrated, speaking to us exactly what I said at the beginning, just start walking. You know, we had tried with the house, but then it was more like, no, we're leaving. And, Lord, you got to stop us. And... Um, you know, because he told us, that's where you're going. And so we, um, we started moving forward, and um, we fell into a school of ministry opportunity during that time. And we got a new church family. Uh, I started advancing really quickly through my work and moving up. And our uh, Missing Grace ministry uh, started to grow. And with that, um, at, at a conference we were at for, you know, we continued to build our marriage during that time and we went to a marriage conference and Candy um, felt called to write a book. And I'll let you just, Can I explain? yep. I'm just going to back up. I realize I advanced uh, my slides. So I'm just going to share very quickly here a big part of our story and how we got to doing a ministry. So this I'm going to introduce to you is our daughter, Grace. She was stillborn 20 years ago. Um, she was beautiful, perfect, healthy, and I went to the doctors many times, actually seven times the last two weeks of her life, and I asked for an ultrasound, and I was never afforded the ultrasound. They would say to me, uh, it's not necessary. You're a worried first-time mom. You're good. And Grace uh, needed an early delivery, so her 20-week ultrasound showed a villainous cord, which means the baby has to be delivered cesarean section and has to come early. And they're healthy, nothing's wrong with them, but their connection is slowly going to decline. And so when we lost Grace, we had a lot of regrets, a lot of pain and hurt. It was a very troubling situation to hear the whole story. It's pretty bad. And um, out of that, you know, we went through so much tears, so much heartache, and it was difficult on our marriage. I didn't even want to live in this world any longer. It was really hard to go through the devastation of the loss of a child. And, um, <clears throat> and I, I do feel, and I can share with you confidently, that God gives beauty for ashes, strength for fear, and joy for mourning. And though I've been through the darkest darks, he has always brought light into my situation, and he's helped us both. And one of the things that he did for us was he gave us a way to honor her and to bless and help others and to serve him. And so we started the Missing Grace Foundation. And GRACE is an acronym, it's our daughter's name, but it's an acronym for Grieve, Restore, Arise, Commemorate, Educate. And so we do that through our programs. So we have a national headquarters in Minnesota, an actual place to go with a gift shop and a library and meeting rooms and a basket distribution center. And we ship out baskets and care supplies to hospitals and clinics and um, different groups all throughout the nation. 
and um, I've started a support group here now, meeting the first and third Tuesdays of the month at Catch the Fire. And then um, we have our groups online. And, and so it's, it's really um, a big part of our lives. We're very involved in it. I go back every fall to run our events in the fall that we do there, and this summer I'm going to. And so anyway, through all of that, we learned um, about the five love languages. So when we were struggling in our marriage, we started to reach out and say, hey, anybody have any good resources for marriage? And a lot of people said the five love languages was really effective and very helpful for them. And so we read the book, we took the quiz, we realized we were loving each other the way we wanted to be loved, not the way the other person received love, and it was a game changer. We started to shift the way we showed love for one another, and uh, that's another big part of our story. And I think that really shows why, you know, during this four-year period, um, God was really working with us to to keep things, you know, we we weren't done where we were at yet. He'd given us that vision, just like he gave, um, you know, if you think way back to... Um, when uh, David was, uh, you know, anointed. It wasn't like he left the, the she- you know, his sheep and went and became king. He was anointed, then he went back to work. And a lot of what he went through prepared him for his time of reign. Yeah. So now that we look back, we're like, wow, he really prepared us. And he really built things so they could sustain themselves during that time. So little thing, if God has given you a word and it's not fulfilled yet, again, keep moving forward. Keep, build, keep growing and saying, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Because everything you're doing is building towards that dream, and he is going to launch you so well prepared. You may, you may be frustrated right now, but you will look back and say, thank you, Lord, for everything you put me through during that waiting period. So part of so, that waiting period was building our marriage. Yes, yeah, so which we work led, a lot yep. in conferences. So just so you know, invest always in your marriage, always. There's always a good thing to do to invest in your marriage. And we realize if we don't put in more deposits in, then the bank account has a deficit. So we began doing conferences all the time. And at that conference, I got a word of knowledge and I was able to um, interact with Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote The Five Love Languages. And he actually said, we're gonna write a book together. And um, so this was the day that we met them. And that's Dr. Chapman and his wife. And uh, this was in the Bahamas at one of our conferences. And then, sure enough, four years later, the book became a reality. And so it's called The Five, uh, the Five Love Languages for Grieving Parents, Holding On to Love After You've Lost a Baby. And that's um, a big part of my life, too, and speaking and teaching. And my goal is to help people to have their marriages stay strong, which is not the typical in the world after a loss, and to have the family unit stay together and stay strong, and that we help people feel empowered and equipped so that's, that's all of that. So yeah, so that, all that during that four-year time. And then at four years later, we put the house on the market again. And it's, well, we, <laughs> you know, we continue to try putting the house on the market and then sell. But four years later, the house sold and everything flowed right after that. We're like, okay, the house is sold, but who's going to take over Missing Grace? One of our key volunteers said, we're not shutting this thing down because she knew we were moving. I'm going to take it over with my family. And she's been helping run it ever since. At the center. Yeah. I'm still the executive director, but she's running the physical location. And we needed a person mm-hmm. on site at the building. And she's it. And she does it all volunteer. It's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, you know the, the other thing was is the, the work. What am I going to do for work? And I, I walked into my work knowing, you know, this is probably my last day. And I said, um, I'm moving and he's like, my boss, like, uh, to California, because he knew Candy had family there. And I said, no, I'm moving to the Hawaiian Islands. And, but I'd like to keep working for you. And he looked at me, and he said, is this important to you? I said, yes, it is. And he's like, okay, let's make it happen. <laughs> and are you jumping around? Yeah, I'm just trying to get to the Okay. Slide, so that w- shocked me, because I had a coworker not too many months before that that was moving to California with her husband, and that was actually where her customers were, was in California, and they made her quit because you can't work out of the corporate office. But my father, my daddy, gave me a job that didn't make any sense because I had no customers in Hawaii. Everything I did, I had to fly back to the mainland for. But my boss made it happen. And he said to me right after that, without me asking, and this is what God will do, is he'll confirm. He said, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said no. But you are ready. To, I, you've proven yourself to me, and I don't want to lose you. And so God knew his heart. And so again, that timing launched us to the Hawaiian Islands with income, with a job. 
because you guys, I know you think that pastors make a lot of money and we live a life of luxury, but <laughs> it's not true. Um, so this put us on the island without having to ask for money, without having to worry. We were able to move forward, and, we, and that's what we did. So I'm so, going to read yep. this verse to you that stood out to us for this whole situation. Jeremiah uh, 1, yeah. 4 through 10. Uh, so now the, lo- the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth. For to all who come, for to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow and to build and to plant. And um, we, we knew we were there to plant, and we were there to go, and he would give us the words. We didn't have it all. We didn't feel fully prepared for this. I didn't go to school for this particular thing. For I didn't have the big divinity, master divinity degree. I didn't have all of the things we wanted, but God said, I will equip you, and I will provide what you need. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens, you know, you're right in his will. You know, you know he's, he's given you so many answers and he's provided everything for you. So you, you, you know, you plant yourself. We're in a 900 square foot apartment. The four of us um, quickly adopt the dogs. So then we have a dog. You know, paying about 3,500 dollars a month for that thing, and you start to panic. You know, he showed up so many times. And then you're like, oh crap, did we make a mistake? This is not easy. And you know, it wasn't long after landing there that you know God knows how to take care of you. And Candy gets this word. She's like, I'm, I'm working at my desk. Um, and she looked at me and said, I need to go to Baby Beach. And I, we're not going to backtrack and tell you about the story of an, our initial visit at Baby Beach, but we had been there before on New Year's Eve, many years before when we were um, visiting and met a, you know, one really nice man there who invited, you know, he was very low income, actually turned out to be homeless when we moved back. But he invited us to come back that night without anything. And he's like, I want to cook for you and we're going to have a bocce. And we're going to, and we showed up. He's like, don't bring anything. So, you know, which is really hard to do. And, but he cooked a steak, shrimp, got out his ukulele, played songs for us. And we worshiped on the beach many years previously to that. Before, you know, so we're there on vacation. And that was, you know, through him, he said, you guys need to be there. And that was, again, another little voice that told us you're supposed to be here. So she gets a word while I'm working saying, I got to go to baby beach. Like a now word. Yep. But so I'm going to stop for one second because I'm behind on my side. So I'm going to show you. We had sign after sign. We'd run into people. They'd have a tattoo with Kauai on it. It's so funny. Everywhere. Lady pulled her hair back at the zoo and her whole back had the Hawaiian Islands with Hawaii highlighted. Uh, it was just interesting. But this one was ready and raring to go. That was Talia. She was like, <laughs> when can we go? Like she was ready to pack and, and head out the door. She is ready for an adventure. And this was us on the plane, and you can see at the top all the boxes. Like, we literally lived out of boxes and a couple suitcases for a very long time. And, um, you know, in a heater box with no AC, um, bugs, everything. It was, it was true mission field, guys. People were like, oh, they're vacationing in Hawaii eternally. No, no, actually, it was very hard work. Um, <clears throat> I love this image. It just, I, I just wanted... Uh, I just wanted to go surfing with Jesus and uh, and just relax with him. It's a baby sleeping. Isn't that cute? So there's our family. Um, we're here. We made it to Hawaii. And then this was our beginnings of exploration, of pressing in and praying while on the island and beginning to just receive his heart for the people there. And um, and then this was the baby beach story. So I head out the door. I, I go um, to go see Ross. And I packed up the kids, and when I pulled up, there was a large group of men all smoking and drinking. This is where they all gathered after work. This is the workman's beach. This is, you know. During the day, it's beach with the moms and the babies, and during the evening, it's the guys hanging out. And so, um, anyway, I don't care for the cigarette smoke, so I I saw, oh, they're all smoking. So I came, and I thought, I'll just wait till they put them out, and I'll, I'll, I'll head back over. 
And then I walked up, and I was a little nervous. This is a big group of guys. I'm alone. And, um, and Ross notices me, and he's like, Candy, you're here. You visiting? And I said, no, we moved here. And he goes, get out. And this is him. If you can see him, the light, is, it's not the greatest picture. But um, I said, yeah, we, we moved here. And he goes, oh, my goodness. He goes, you're supposed to be here. We're so glad you came. And he goes, let me introduce to you someone really special. So he brings me to the back of this tailgate of a truck and Uncle Ray sitting there. And he says, Uncle Ray, I got someone you're supposed to meet. And Uncle Ray has been crying and his shirt is soaking wet. And I have this Holy Spirit weight on me like a heavy blanket. And I feel I'm on holy ground. Like there's this moment of awe. And he's looking up at the heavens like this, talking to God. And he said, you're the ones. You're the ones. And I said, what do you mean we're the ones? He said, I prayed you to my island here for the past 14 years. I've been praying, and the Lord woke me up this morning, pulled me by the shirt, and sat me up in bed. And he said, the ones whom you prayed for, I brought them. They're here today. You're going to meet them today. So he said, I work for the county, and I've been driving all over doing landscaping, and I've been looking for you all day. Is that them, God? Is that them? Is that them? And he said, and I was getting very depressed because I knew I heard from the Lord, and it was so clear to me. And I'm thinking, I go home after this. When am I going to see him or meet them? I'm going home to bed because he had an early job. And he said, your car pulled up. He said, I'm not kidding you. He goes, like a guy would come up and slap someone when they say hi. He goes, I got slapped on my shoulder. And I said, hey, easy. And there was nobody there. But your truck pulled in. And then I thought, is that them? But then you walk the other way. And I was like, oh, it can't be them. But then when you came up and Ross hugged you, I started bawling because the Lord said, that's the one. And I said, well, you know, what, what do you think I'm here to do? And he goes, you're here to be a light on this island. It's grown very dark, and many of us are weary, and we've been praying, and we've been holding the ground. But God told me he's bringing the Calvary. He's bringing the resources. He's bringing people who are spirit-filled and who are going to love on this island and its people. And so it's really powerful. So anyway, that was the... The really beautiful confirmation, and this right here is um, Sister Brenda and her husband, Uncle Ray, and um, they came and they blessed us with my girls with Bibles and journals and prayed over our home and loved on us, and we began um, joining their prayer group every week, and it was really a, a precious time. Here's some other fun pictures as people would give us lays as we served in the community. We served on three different boards together. We got very involved with the homeless ministry. This guy here that you see, he's, that's actually in church, and that's uh, Elvis is the uh, rooster, and that's Forrest. He's a homeless guy who would come to church just like that. I loved it. And um, his rooster would crow in time. Every time uh, someone said amen, the rooster would go, ur, ur, ur. it was fantastic. <laughs> and um, this is one of my favorite Hawaiian sayings, no task is too big when done together by all. I love that one, that we're all in the same canoe together, and we ride and we row together. And if you're in time and you're in sync, you get a rhythm, and you can go very fast and get where you need to go. And I love this. This is how we our, our, our logo was inspired by a life raft. I just really felt like we're here to show um, that our lifeguard, our lifeguard walks on water. And um, if you'll grab hold of life, he can change you. This is Talia. I felt like she was just like, I have, I, here I am, Lord. What would you have me do? And then Steve is forever the chef. So when we launched our church, we, we actually um, always had a meal. And we wanted to always have time around the table. So we started with Saturday night service and just some different things about our church. Here's some of our different services we met in seven different locations because you would meet somewhere and then they would say, oh, sorry, the Hula group is meeting here now, or sorry, this is changing, we're, not, we're, we're selling the building and we won't have it anymore, and oh, we, that was hard, packing up and moving, packing up and moving. Um, our children's ministry, we, we had church in our home, we had church in different buildings, but um, God was just really opening things up for us, um, and we did a lot of outreach and ministry. This was our Aloha Life bags, uh, preparing to give them out to all the mm -hmm. families in need. So um, I know we're wrapping it up here. So uh, <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. Um, 
but yeah, we, we, um, to wrap it up, we, we spent five years on the island, and um, we continuously tried to walk his way. We had a test at about two and a half years where we lost, um, we couldn't afford to live there anymore, and we're like, okay, are we supposed to be done? And he kept us on that, and we actually bought a house that made no sense. You know, no money, um, and we can actually buy a property. And so we purchased the house, which is that picture there where we started having church out of it. Here's but the house. yeah, and so we we you know he, your father likes to take care of you, and he'll take care of you as long as you're trying. I mean, he takes care of you. Period. I mean, look at the children of Israel. They they went the wrong way, and he still took care of them in the desert. But the closer you are to the will of him, I really feel the the blessings flow that much quicker. And they get to you. They're there. But I would rather be on kind of the overnight uh, Amazon uh, delivery of my blessings and not. (laughs) So, you know, just stay right in that. And so while we're on the island, you know, he continued to prod us to go speak to people. And each time he did, it was another confirmation of the power we have. There was a time I was biking because I like I I love mountain biking and in Hawaii and hiking and um, I biked right by this homeless guy, and God said in my ear and said, you know, you need to stop. And I said, I'm exercising. And so I kept going. And he stopped me again. He's like, you need to stop. And I, again, I'm a little slow. Third time, you need to stop. How am I going to bless you if you can't turn around and spend time and bless others? So that got me off my bike. And I went back, and here's Johnny Boy. He's got his big old beer, big bottle of cheap beer that he's sitting on the bench. He's got to know him really well after this. And I said, God highlighted you. What can I do for you? And he's like, um, and I said, you know, so he starts telling me his story. And I said, can I pray for you? He's like, I would love that. He said, I said, anything that I can specifically pray for. He's like, I actually just got stung by a centipede. They got massive centipedes on the islands that really hurt. In my ear this morning, and I am in so much pain. And so I just raised my hands, and I prayed. And I'm like, Lord, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, Lord, please, please do something here. Show up. And I'm like, he's like, that's a little better. I said, do you mind if I touch you and pray? And so I put my hands on him. And this is my first experience of God using me for healing. But he's like, it's gone. And again, just that confirmation. So, you know, just following through with the people that he highlights to you. another time I was, um, again, uh, this time I think I was rollerblading. I can't remember. But told me to go down to a secluded beach. Went down there. There was three people drowning. And nobody was doing, there was people on the beach watching. No lifeguards. No yeah, and, and nobody very, very was, remote. you know, they're trying to figure out how to get them out. And, you know, there was that life raft thing that, you know, it's kind of cool. It's our, it was on our church logo that I grabbed and I dove in there not knowing what I was doing. I, I, I can swim, but as I'm going out there, I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. Um, I don't know what I'm getting into because it was a riptide. And I got out to them, and I threw them the, the raft, and I said, hey, we're just going to swim this way and break the tide and come in. And it was that easy. And, you know, it is the just following his prompting. And Candy had many experiences like that, too, over and over again. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go into all of them. We have time short. But, I, uh, yeah, I had times where God would say, go down the mountain right now, and I would get a picture of a specific car, a specific color of a shirt, uh, a specific destination. And I I really believe in the treasure hunt of God has a treasure out there in somebody, and they're so precious to him that he will bring me all the way from Minnesota, move me to Hawaii, cause me to get up in the morning and drive somewhere just because that particular person is on his heart, Mm -hmm. and he wants me to deliver that message that day. He's willing to inconvenience us. Are we willing to be inconvenienced? Mm-hmm. You know, I always picture there's like a, 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 a image I have that's it shows a dial coming in of a call and it says God and, and it shows waiting and he's waiting. Will we pick up the call? Are you staring at it going, oh, I can't answer that. I don't want to answer that. You know, so. Um, so you go through all that and let me just, go let ahead. Let me just do this verse. So um, I'm, I'm wanting to talk about how we hear it and how we see it, okay? See, I, um, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. And then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. For I am watching over my word to perform it. 
the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. And then the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall, shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I'm calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and then shall come and everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, again, all its walls around and against all the cities of Judah. Now, do you see the conversation? Do you see? What do you see? Mm-hmm. This is the most important part of our message is, do you see? What do you see? What is he showing you? What is he saying to you? And how can you respond? What is the response? How do you obey and walk in faith and trust him? And so many times, it doesn't look like what we think it will. It definitely can make us very uncomfortable. And it can be really challenging, but there's great rewards and beautiful blessings that are awaiting you if you'll just listen, tune in, and sometimes it's like that dial where you're just, it's crackly and you just turn it just a little differently and all of a sudden you're tuned in and you can hear. It can be that simple. And so you may, you may be thinking, so why are you here? And if God gave you such a strong call and provided everything for you, it was tough. It was, Candy got a vision of really tilling lava. And the cool thing God gave him, gave her was the vision behind and because as she was, as we were tilling and it was so hard and what did he, I'll let you explain kind of what, what he well, said. Well, you know, I travail and sometimes I just ask God to release me from that gift, uh, you know, that, that burden because I would just weep. I would weep over the people. I would weep over the homelessness. I'd weep over the broken marriages. I would weep over all the things that had happened to these people where they'd been taken advantage of by others and they were living in, in a, in a cycle that could be broken, but they didn't see that. And, um, and so I would just travail. And, but sometimes in the day-to-day, I wouldn't see the kind of results I wanted in our ministry. You know, oh, how many people were at the church service? I, I, for how much outreach we did? When there, shouldn't there be more? Or, you know, whatever expectations I had myself of what I had a hope for. And so I was just on my knees weeping with the Lord. And I, I just was asking, what have we accomplished here? What, what is there to show, you know, for the, all of what's been sowed into this? And he showed me, I was pushing a plow, and I was really, this, this is like an open vision he's showing me, and I'm pushing this plow, and I'm like, uh, and it's up against lava rock, which is so hard and so rough, and I'm not getting anywhere, but I'm trying to plow it to create soil to plant and to have something flourish here. And I'm like, well, I can't get it anywhere. And he said, turn and look behind you. And I look, and there's this deep, rich, gorgeous soil with all these seedlings. And I said, how did that get there, Lord? And he said, what you couldn't do in your own human effort, I did in partnership with your tears. He said, I just wanted you to have my heart for the people here and to weep with me because I weep for them. And you did your job well. And look at what I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so so often the things we pour out and we do seem so ex- insignificant. But when they're done as a child in faith and they're done to the best of your ability with the resources you have and what you know, God is faithful to use it. And he will do something beautiful, and he will be glorified. And that is definitely what happened for us. Yeah, so um, to wrap it up, it was um, March of 2020, and Candy woke up and says, I think we're supposed to move. And I'm like, no, we're not. (laughs) I like it here. My kids like it here. And she's like, so do I. I like it here, too. Yeah. Yeah. But after we prayed about it, it was that thing of we need to be in the center of his will, not our will. So again, we put out the fleece and we said, Lord, you know, it needs to flow smoothly and it needs to flow in your timing and we'll go wherever you want us to go. He didn't tell us where to go, but he made things move fast to a point where we had to slow it down you know, to like, okay, we, we can't, you know, it's almost like we can't keep up. And he gave us the grace where we, our house sold 
you know, full cash offer. And we told them, that's great, but we can't move for four months. So we'll take your offer, but we're going to wait till the end of December to move. And, you know, and, you know, <laughs> more stipulations. We need to make sure you're serious, so we need your money to be firm, that you can't get out of this even after four months. Yes, 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 yes. And we're like, oh, crap. Um, and <laughs> still didn't know where we're going. And we just set our sights on the Carolinas. My family's in Charleston. My sister is in North Carolina and Raleigh. We put ourselves right in the middle, Myrtle Beach, and said, we'll start there and see where God leads us. And that's, we're still here. It's funny how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> right, and we're, we're still in that pressing in and what's the assignment and what do you want us to do? But in the day-to-day -day before we have the big answers or the big revelation, we just are walking out that, do you see, do you hear? You know, God, what, what's the assignment today? Who's on your heart today? Where am I supposed to be today? Yes, we have our daily stuff we have to do, but in the midst of that, we always want to have flexibility to be able to be ready at a moment's notice for whatever the Lord's calling us to do. So I know we need to, to wrap this up um, a little bit over our time, but I'd like to do one activation real quick just to give you a feeling of how to walk this out, how, how to implement this, and then we'll close in a word of prayer. Um, so I'm not sure if you want to call somebody up or just... Yeah, well, first of all, I'm just going to share with you one of the things we really worked hard to do in our church was to activate people into their gifts and calls. And that was part of what just gave us such a kindred heart with these two beautiful people because we love them and we love that that's their heart. Mm -hmm. They are willing to give up this place to let other people have their gifting used also. And they're so longing that all of us are equipped and empowered and that we're activated into our calling. And that's really a treasure to have in pastors leading a church because they're humble and they're willing to, you know, share with all of you, the leadership. They're not, you know, hungry for control. And that's really a beautiful thing. That's actually rare in the church. And we were like, oh, my gosh, you have our heart. That is our heart. That's so us. Like, in our church, we were always like, who's going to lead this Sunday? Who's help stepping up for this? Like, oh, I can't. I don't know. Um, yes, you can. Actually, I see the gift in your life. You're supposed to be doing this. Come on. Step it up. Step it up. Come on. The Lord's calling out that gift. And so we want to do that activation with you this morning. So one of the things we do is my husband and I do photography. We both love to do a lot of nature photography especially. But when I'm doing photography, and same with my husband, I'm asking as I'm doing it, Lord, what do you want me to see? What's important to you? What image that I'm going to take now will one day touch someone's life later? And so we would take and print out all these pictures and put them on a table and ask people, come and pick a picture that speaks to you today and give it away to somebody else and see what God says that he has for that person. Because somehow it spoke to you, and you were thinking it was for you, but we're going to challenge you to now give it away as a gift and share it with somebody because the Lord told you this particular picture is for them. And that's how cool, I mean, that's how I want to take you back into the heart of the Father he will have us see something and notice something, take a picture of it, print it, share it, and then have it be shared again to reach a heart. He's so good. He's so multidimensional. He's so deep, so multifaceted. Like, we have to think of his bigness, his grandness, his amazing heart, his, his incredible love for us that goes beyond what our comprehension is. That's how good he is. So this morning, as we wrap up right now, we have a couple pictures and they're pictures that I prayed about long and hard last night, which ones to use. And I'm going to just have them up here. And I would like to ask for four people, raise your hand if you really feel the Lord is calling you to come up and pray over one of these pictures and give it away to someone. And tell that person why you feel the Lord highlighted that photo for you to give to them. Be brave. All right, come on up. We have one. And you know what? Here's the beauty in all of this. You can't be wrong. Because even your heart that says, yes, Abba, I want to try. I want to use my gifts. I want to learn and grow in this gift. That is enough. That's all Jesus needs is a little bit of a yes from us. 
that says I'm willing. Okay, can we have one more? One more person willing to uh, look at these photos? This one obviously is that one. Here. see different details in them. Everybody will see different things that pops out. Now, normally we put them on photo paper, so um, we will print these off on photo paper and bring them for you so you have a good quality copy, but this morning we just had to do it on the printer. Are you going to do one too? Okay. So once we you have, have your picture, right. then, yep, then look around. Just pray over that and then see, like, Let's just pray together, okay? I'm just going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are for us and your plans for us give us a hope and a future. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're constantly making a way for us in the wilderness, that you're a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. We thank you, Lord, that even as we prepared this message, you were already thinking of somebody in this room who needed encouragement, who needed a sign, who needed something of hope. Lord God, you are moving in and through this situation right now. So I thank you for the people who said yes, and I pray, Father God, you give them a download right now, that they receive a word of knowledge, that they receive insight and discernment about the picture they're picking up, and that they can give it to a person that really needs that today. We trust you. We put our faith in you, and we say yes to all that you have for us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, go ahead. Give that to whom you feel led to give that to. Oops. And I'm just going to leave that there and just say thank you so much for your listening ears and participation. I'm really interested to hear if any of you did get any message from the Lord during the uh, time we were sharing. If there was something that God highlighted to your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Also, if this is something where you want these gifts, you want to move and operate in the gifts of um, words of knowledge, in having prophecies to be able to speak into people's future and give them hope. If you're wanting an impartation of something, I know um, Pastor Mark and Pastor Jean would love to be up here to pray for you. I know Tina and... Um, Chuck, you'll, would you come up too and be praying for people? And we would be willing to as well. Um, and I know, I know Pat, John, if, you, if, if there's enough people who want prayer, would you guys come up and be praying for people to have And let me, I just want to impart just over everybody right now. Because, um, you know, if God gives you something, I think it's just, just pass it on. And Lord, I just thank you for the confidence you've given us in walking in your path, Lord. And I just pass that on to everyone and anyone that wants to receive that, that they will hear what you want them to hear. They'll see through your eyes, and they'll walk the path, Lord. They want to be directed by you. They want to have conversation with you like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, Lord. Just a day-to-day -day conversation, Lord. I just pray for their ears to be opened up right now, Lord. And I just impart all the things you've given over us, Lord. And I, we want to pass that out right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.